Welcome to the Spurs 9501 podcast. From Kane to the lane, the final say on all things Tottenham. Here are your hosts, Steve, Ray, Cam and Jam. Everybody, welcome back to the Spurs 9501 podcast. I've got Cam in Florida, I've got Steve in London. Welcome to all our YouTube viewers and all our podcast listeners. Thank you very much for joining. My name is Ray, I'm speaking from London. Uh, we're all three... You know, fervent Spurs fans, we're going to give you our post-match announcements on the 2-0 away win at Aston Villa. Um, let me start by give, telling everybody what the team was. So we've got Hugo Lloris in goal, Tanganga, Rodon, Sanchez, Reguillon, Hoibieg, Ondombele, La Celso, Lucas, Vinicius and Kane. So we're playing Vinicius and Kane in the match. Uh, before I get to Steve to talk about the lineup, let's go to Cam for some match stats. Cam? Yeah, uh, welcome everybody. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, just to let you know, we have played Villa 167 times since 1903, of which we have won 75 of those games. They won uh, 56 and the rest were draws. But interesting stat here for us against Villa is uh, um, in the last 10 years, we've only lost, I believe, once, in the, um, and that was a, a while back. Um, and in the last five years, we've beaten them every time we've played them. So our, our, our stats went pretty well. As far as the game goes... 51% possession for us. So we are keeping our possession up uh, get game after game, as you can probably see. Nine shots for us, eight for them. They had only one shot on target. We had three on target. Um, five corners for them, eight for us. They committed 18 fouls. I thought they played pretty dirty towards the second half, and we committed th- 13 fouls. So that's basically some of the match stats for you. Excellent. Thank you very much, Cam. It's a thorough as ever, which is great news. So let's start with you, Steve. Um, Talk us through, I mean, after the two last two abominable performances, there were rumours on Twitter and the social media that he was really going to play a different team and give somebody else a chance. So talk us through the team and your thoughts with, the, you know, Vinicius, Tanganga, Rodon, etc. Well, I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, clearly he has, he realised something had to be done. It was um, good to see Rodon back there. Sanchez is still there. Um, Tanganga, I think sort of proved himself today, although I must admit, I think he's proved himself before. And I would put him in there um, ahead of um, Doherty, most definitely, and probably ahead of Aurea as well. Uh, I also think there's a centre-half in there, um, if he can be um, uh, coached appropriately. Uh, He's strong, tall. Uh, He did a couple of um, sort of last-ditch blocks and headers today, which I thought were really impressive. Um, in terms of the rest of the team, starting team, we had Vinicius up front playing with um, with Kane. We've not seen that before. We probably haven't, haven't seen that since about 1972. I, I like that. I like having two... two, uh, two Steve, can I stop you? So are you actually saying that we played a 4-4-2 rather than a 4-3-3? No, Kane? no, I was, just being, I was just being a little bit... Um, okay, so I'm not saying... I'd love to play a 4-4-2. No, I'd love that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd like to as well, but that's just showing, I think we're showing our age there. Yeah. Um, but having Vinicius and um, and Kane on the on the same pitch starting, uh, um, I, I think that's the first time ever. Um, mm. And um, they both stayed on the pitch to the end, which is uh, uh, is encouraging. We'll see how that goes. Mm. Um, I thought also it was quite interesting. We had two sixteen-year-olds on the bench. Um, is it Scarlet and Divine? They were yeah. they were there as well. Now, obviously, they didn't come on. I wondered if we got a third goal, whether he would have blooded them, put them into that into that team. But I think that was sending a clear message. People like Winks didn't even get to the bench today. So mm-hmm. it was in some ways it was quite, you know, brave. He had to mix it up. I think Lamella was suspended, so he couldn't pick him. 
Aurea was injured, Son was injured, um, and I think Toby is as well. Um, so I think the only player I think that would be in there um, had he been fit was Toby. Okay. Um, so okay. it was an interesting lineup, and at the end of the day, it worked. But okay. we we are playing Aston Villa. You know, they're not in the top six, and at times I think it looked like a mid-table clash to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cam, thanks very much for that, Steve. Cam, your thoughts on the uh, on the lineup and the changes? Uh, I mean, I think that the number of revelations for us, really, revelations. Sorry for revelations. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. Re- really renovation. Uh, one well. of them is obviously Tanganga should be constantly in the team. I thought he was cultured. He reminded me of a young Ledley King. He had grace. He had style. He had poise and no nonsense. Clean, very clean defending. And it did really remind me of the days when Ledley would just slide in, pick up that ball, and no one just pinch pockets of the players without them even realizing. And do it in such style. It was good. And he knows how to pass the ball. I think my biggest concern today was um, Sanchez again back to form. I thought he had some very good blocks. He did some very good things. But he always lets the player get in front of him. And, you know, their, their, their best chance, which Tanganga put that block in from, where he slid in and stopped Barkley from a, a certain goal, came from Sanchez again being caught flat-footed. Yeah. Um, rode on. We'll come I mean, back to the players, but in terms of the, the line-up... Rodon, for me, was, was because we're not talking about him very much, was very polished as well. I'd, I think that, for me, we're looking at irregular and assuming that he's not been injured badly. Uh, Rodon, Toby, Tanganga at the back four. If we leak goals, so be it. I think I could take that as a back four, something to build on. Experience, okay. youth, and, and, and some passion. So that was good. Yeah. Um, I, I, I liked, I'm not so convinced that Vinicius is the answer up front. Well, like you two think so. I mean, he got a, he was there in the right place, right time. I just thought his ability to hold the ball and pass the ball yeah. is very weak. Um, and we need somebody in the premiership. What you need is one of those players that can actually hold the ball up whilst players run onto you and actually be able to spread it, which is what Harry does most of the time. But uh, you need someone to help him relieve the pressure. Is Vinicius that player? Not so sure, but I mean, obviously, I know we're going to talk about it. But I mean, what we needed and what we <laughs> what we would like is about three morals on the pitch because it looked like we already had three morals on the pitch, which allowed some of the players that were pretty poor to get away with being pretty poor because he seemed to be everywhere. Okay, so so you were happy with the lineup, bearing in mind the last two games. We thought that's a decent lineup, even though you're not sure about Vinicius, but you know he's. We have to play what we have at the moment. We can't mm-hmm. actually. I would have liked Bale to have come on at some stage, but I think Regulon's injury probably stopped that from happening, but we can talk about that later. Okay, fine. Um, I was quite happy with the lineup, actually. You know, I agree with you, Cam. The only change I would have made is Sanchez out and put Toby in there, so that's Rodon, I thought, did really well. Tanganga looks class at right back. He really does look a class player, and he's going to grow as he gets more and more games. Regulon, we know he's a good left back. I thought Lascelles played well as well. Undumbele again, like Steve said, will come to that. But the pirouettes and you know, we think he's taking too long on the ball, and he jiggles out of it and gets you know gets um, fouled, etc. But yeah, I mean, I think that I mean, bearing in mind you know the last two games, I think that was a good. I think Jose made a good tour there. Okay, so. Talk us through the first half, Steve, then, you know, I think Villa had some chances and then we sort of, I think it was a Villa mistake that got us the goal, but talk us through the first half, Steve, what you thought? Well, I mean, I think um, Villa started off quite well, getting a lot of possession, Mm -hmm. but there was no end product, really, with them. Um, I think they had a lot of possession, a lot, I think something like 
50 to 60% of the first half was played in Spurs half. Um, uh, and, and the goal we got was, was, I would say, was against the run of play. But it was made by Mora. Made by Mora. In fact, it was, it was made, first of all, by Vinicius chasing down a lost call, <laughs> which yeah. meant the, um, the goalkeeper didn't make the clearance that he hoped to. And then, of course, most that would have been OK with most players, but not with Mora, who has got such pace and ability just to nick in and get a touch on the ball. So he nicked the ball off the player, um, played it through, I think, to Kane. Kane did a lovely little pass through to him. And then uh, I thought he was going to shoot. The angle wasn't good for a shot. So he pushed it square. And then uh, two, two, two Spurs players could have put it in. And Vinicius did. But, uh, Ray, you would have scored that goal. Um, there was nobody there at all. It was it was, no, the, it was the definition yes. of an open goal. <laughs> yeah, Lacelso and Vinicius was there. Yeah, you're right. So. Yeah, so I know that that was good. I think it was against a bit against the run of play, and I suspect when we went in at half time, we could count ourselves a bit lucky to be one ahead. Whether we'd be deserved to be a goal down, no, because they hadn't made any chances. But um, you know, we we you have to take chances when they come to you, and and when they, I say come to you, that was made by Mora. Yeah. By his his um, his commitment, his attitude, and his yeah. old demeanour, you know. And I think Kamal said earlier on about all the rest of the team could learn from his um, his effort. And yeah. also, I think Kamal, you mentioned the number of fouls that were given uh, against uh, on our against Villa. I reckon at least half of those were against Mora. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, Steve, do uh, Villa remind me a bit? I don't know what your thoughts are. Villa remind me of Tottenham without Harry Kane. Villa without Jack Grealish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I said that. I actually said that to my son when we were watching. This is if you took Kane out of our team, we'd be as average as Villa are. Yeah. Um, okay. I don't know if you short saw Grealish on the side. He was a little yeah. bit of a sad figure. Just obviously hasn't played for a while. Back, uh, yeah. Seemed to be wearing a pair of pajamas for some reason. I don't know why. I saw that as well, yeah. yeah. So, Cam, tell us your thoughts on the first half and, you know, how we played and the fact that Hugo Lloris didn't have a single shot to save in the first half. Well, yeah, I don't think that Steve probably nailed it when he said um, this was a mid-table dirge of a game for the first half, all hinged on one mistake. Um, so, no, I mean, what, we, what were we looking for? We were looking for a reaction from two awful, awful performances. The question I put to you, did we get the reaction that we as Spurs fans wanted? Did we see the passion in all the players? Did we see them putting it out there? We saw Mora putting it out there. I think we saw Tanganga putting it out there. And to some extent, I saw Sanchez, although he technically can make some bad mistakes, putting it out there. I would say probably Kane ran around a bit. Um, Lo Celso, I think, looked bright especially coming back from an injury after a while, and he seemed to run a lot around. But Hoybier, um and Nombele, I mean, they, I think that we left, all the other players left a lot to be desired. I mean, Rodon, I thought, had a pretty solid game. But overall, I would think that in the first, first we, we had a good spell at the beginning, and then Villa seemed to just take over. And they, If they had anyone who could finish or could put some decent balls in the box and take their chances, they could have had quite a few shots. I know they didn't get a shot... Uh, Lloris didn't have anything to do, thank God for that. Uh, but it's not because of uh, um, Tottenham's play, it's more because of Villa's inability to take their chances. And then that's what is worrying for a Spurs fan. So I didn't think see the reaction that everyone was talking about in the first half, but, um, unless I was watching another game. I did see it from Lucas Moura. To me, it was Moura against Villa, one man against 11. It was right, it was everywhere. He was in the box. 
uh, defending corners. Yeah. He, he was putting blocks in uh, in front of the uh, our twelve yard box. He was running the whole length of the pitch. He was everywhere, everywhere. I mean, the rest of the team were just standing there watching. I mean, he might, it was one man against eleven, and the one man won. But why couldn't he do that against the Croatian team? And why did he do that against Arsenal? He played well against Arsenal. Some people label him as a flat track bully. He plays against people like Burnley and Villa, and he looks like world class. When he comes across the better teams like Chelsea and all that, he's nowhere to be seen. Answer that one. Well, that's that Spurs in a nutshell, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, Mora himself, he needs, before I start praising Mora like Cam's doing, he needs to start doing it in the big games, and I'm definitely going to praise him. Well, he did do it in the Champions League semi final, which you named. Yeah, yeah, Not lose it completely, but I just want to say that um, there's only so, I, I think that Mora's been building up, and he's been getting better and better. Um, I don't think he was the worst player against Arsenal. Probably one of our best players. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. he was probably the only no, player no, that no. tried hard against uh, uh, Dinamo Zagreb. I don't think anybody else did. He seemed to be the only one running around in all of those games. Today, it actually, luckily, thanks to, again, a mistake by the um, opposition, which we discussed the goal, it actually paid off. But without yeah. that, without that mistake, and I know, Ray, you always say every goal... Uh, you can trace back to a mistake. That was a this pretty was a mistake. mistake. Was Martinez, wasn't it? Was what, what, what I didn't see, what I didn't see, and I'd like to, to tell me, and we did see some of it in the second half, were us to create any clear-cut chances. Yeah, you're right. From that mistake. I've got a couple of questions I'm going to ask you guys uh, when we go further on into the podcast. But let's start now on the second half. Uh, the first thing I've got to come to you, Steve, is it or is it not a penalty? I thought it was a penalty. Um, I, it was a... I thought, what on earth is going on? I, I thought, Harry, why haven't you just swung a leg at it and tried to cross it? Um, but why on earth did the Villa player decide it, he would go sliding in? It's beyond my comprehension. But let me, let me ask you a question. So it's the same thing. Lacazette hits the ball, it's gone, and then Sanchez bumps into him, and there's a penalty mm-hmm. given. Mm-hmm. And everybody's saying it shouldn't have been. Everybody's saying it shouldn't have been a penalty. But they I think this is a clear the same thing happened. The ball's going out, and then Matty Cash goes into him. Why is that a penalty then? I think it's still. I think it's still a penalty. If the if the ball hasn't gone out as it hadn't, and you're clattered into from yeah. behind, it's a penalty. It's gone out. I think the ball had gone the out. The ball had gone out. The ball was out. If you look at it again, ball. Steve. If you look at it again, Steve, you'll see that uh, Kane completely misses the ball. Yeah. Yes, yeah, dribbles over the line, and then he gets clattered. Exactly. No way on earth that's a penalty. Still, well, I'm going to have to go back to the replay and have a look at that because I thought the ball was still in. If that was given against us, I'd be pretty, we'd be sitting here talking about yeah. how disgusting a, a decision but that I was. I would also say, why is your player uh, flying in on the ground when the ball's about to go off? Why exactly. on earth would you do that? Yeah, no, I, I agree. That's a stupid thing. Stupid doesn't mean it's a penalty, though. It's stupid. No. Because, I mean, same with Sanchez. We didn't blame Sanchez enough for Lacazette's mistake. Uh, Lacazette yeah. already missed the ball and he'd, he'd, he'd gone, but Sanchez still went flying in. Yeah. If Sanchez hadn't gone flying in, there was no way he was going to be scoring okay. that or getting a penalty. So, yeah. um, the same with Kane. Kane had fluffed his lines. He completely missed the ball. The ball was rolling out. It actually probably just crossed the line. Um, so personally, I don't think either was a penalty. I don't think Lacazette was a penalty and I don't think this was a penalty. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you. I don't think it's a penalty. We got lucky, but hey, I'm not going to complain. We got it and we're happy. And the thing is, it didn't even go to VAR. If VAR looked at it and if they thought... I didn't get that. I thought it was going to be... I don't understand that either. What I heard was it's not a clear and obvious error. It could be a penalty or it couldn't be a penalty. So it's on the discretion of the referee. 
<laughs> I mean, the, the, the Villa players didn't protest it, really, did they? I think they... Well, anyway, we got a penalty. Harry put it away like he normally does. But talk us through the second half, Cam. Other than the penalty, did, one thing I don't understand, maybe you can help me here. We had good positions on the left, Ben Davies and, you know, your favourite player, Stephen Bergwijn. They had good positions where they could cross the ball where they got Vinicius and Kane there. Why were they not crossing the ball? Can somebody explain that to me? I think that... Uh, uh... Davis tried a few times, but his ability to cross the ball and put balls in is very, very limited, and he got very, he got closed down very quickly. I think Bergwijn was lost. I, he seemed lost. He did. He picked up the ball in in some good positions. I mean, uh, the play for me that really summed up Bergwijn's play was when he ran that ball all the way along uh, the line to the to the other side, got into the penalty area. The keeper, I mean, the guy had um, the defender and the keeper was sort of like a lost what to do, and he just he just fluffed his lines. He didn't, he didn't know what to do either. He's shot of confidence. He's shot of confidence. I tell you, beyond shot of confidence. So I think that that to me smacks of the fact that we did. Um, after the penalty, I think up till the penalty, it could have easily have gone the other way. I thought the second half was swinging towards Villa very strongly. Um, I think that they, you know, El Ghazi had a good shot. I mean, if it wasn't for uh, um, Tanganga's block, I'm sure that uh, uh, Barkley would have scored. Um, they had a couple of very good chances to, to, to get back in it. Yeah. But the penalty sort of like knocked the wind out of them. We then sort of took the game to them, which is not really what Spurs have been doing for a while. But we actually had no, no idea what to do with it. I mean, you know, the chances, we didn't really create any clear-cut chances. And I put that all down to Bergwijn. Why, what was Bergwijn doing on the, ball, on the ball and what was he doing on the pitch? Sure. Steve, uh, OK, Cam, thanks for that. Steve, you know, once we went 2-0 up, you, you would have thought that we would go, like we said, you know, kill it off, get a third. Because if they get a one then, it could be very nervy, yeah? But it looked mm-hmm. to me, was I wrong? We did the same thing. We didn't go for it. We were just yeah, saying back. You know, that, that's, that's what we do, isn't it? Unfortunately, we were sort of slipping back into uh, a sort of Mourinho-style negative zombie stuff. Um, that, that's the problem. Uh, rather than go for the jugular, rather than going, going when someone's, you know, they're, they're on the ground, let's go with, let's get a, exactly. kill it off. We don't do that. And good teams and top teams do that. And I think that's also, you're talking about getting crosses in. Um, that, by getting crosses in, you create chances. And you give opportunities for mistakes. You give opportunities for goal chances to occur. And we don't do that. We always want to recycle the ball. We want to bring it back. And we don't just give it a good chance and whack it into the danger area. I know that that's not necessarily the purest way of doing it, but it does give you opportunities and chances. And I agree a bit with with, um, Cam. So I think actually Ben Davis was probably our, he was the one who was trying to cross and did on a couple of occasions get crosses in. But we also had when Ndombele was out there um, on the on the right and he wouldn't put it in. I just, it's so frustrating. Now, the thing is, you see, I mean, you've got people like Kane, Vinicius, tall guys, big guys, good headers of the ball. That's Vinicius's game, he attacked the ball in the area. His game is not to play up and then he holds people up and bring them up. That's not his game. Mm-hmm. So we're not playing to our striker strengths as well. No, anyway, no. let's move forward. So we got the win, 2-0. I don't, we've discussed most of the issues. Let's talk about, I'm going to talk about some, I want you to talk about some players, then we'll do some takeaways. But I want to introduce something else, your player of the game. Tell us what part of the one sort of move or something that happened in the game that you guys, you really like. So let's start with you, Steve. What's your player of the game? Well, I'm not, I'm not going to say more because I know that we've already talked about him. I, I would give it to Tanganka because I thought he played very solidly and the Ross Barkley chance that he blocked. Okay, that's your player of the game. Right? Goal. Okay, perfect. Very good. Cam, your player of the game? 
That was mine. I'm going to take that one. Thanks, you've got, you've got to think of another one now. Come on. Uh, I think my player of the game would be. Um, wow, trying to. There was a one, one one little bit of the game which I thought was funny. It was fun and it, it was interesting. Was uh, uh, three players around Endombele, uh, and he sort of like he almost tripped himself up. But he managed to hold on to the ball in the middle of the park, twist around take all three on and come out with the ball. I mean, it was like him walking out of a very complicated maze. But I don't know how he did it, but he did it. And they actually made a pass after that, which I thought for him was pretty good. That's your player of the game. My player of the game is Carlos Vinicius's goal. Now, I know there's only a tapping, but hopefully that'll do wonders for his confidence to see that he can actually score in the Premier League. Like him or loathe him, he's what we've got now for the next nine games. And whether he stays or goes, we don't know. But it's in our interest for him to be in, you know, in good form and to be confident and have a lot of confidence. So that's my play of the game. Okay, guys, let's now move on. I want you to talk about certain players and give your feedback on how they want. So, Steve, can you give your feedback and analysis on Joe Rodon, please? How he performed? What did you think of him? I think that uh, a sign of good centre-backs particularly is when you don't really notice them. And they are just going about their job in a fairly quiet, unassuming sort of way. And I think that's what Rodan did. He did what was needed. He did the simple things, nothing spectacular, nothing sort of silly. And that, that I think, was, was what we needed. And we need that, that sort of solidity, that stability in the back where somebody isn't going to try something silly. He, I never felt with him when he got the ball like I do when Sanchez gets the ball. I thought that he's going to do the right thing. He's going to push that out for a throw-in if he has to. And he's going to connect with the ball as well when he needs to pass it or clear it, which we know that Sanchez has difficulty with. Um, so, yeah, and no, I thought Joe, um, uh, sorry, Rodon played very well today. And he, he deserves a chance. And des- deserves a chance to have a run in the team. I think he's going to get it now because I think um, Mourinho realises that Dyer isn't really... That's not really his role. That's not his position. He's not a footballer. He's a bit. He's an athlete, admittedly, but not so sure about being a footballer. Okay, Steve, excellent. Cam, talk us through um, Jasset Tanganga's performance. Uh, give, give us your thoughts on him. I think I, I did earlier as well. You probably remember. I think cultured, gentleman, uh, technically great on the ball. Uh, level-headed. What I like about it, when you look at him, he looks like totally unflustered all the time. Like I said, it reminds me of a young Ledley King. Um, ability to pass the ball, uh, uh, last-minute, last-dish tackles seem to be everywhere. And he really held down that right-back position, which is not his natural position, very, very well. Probably better than the other two natural right-backs that we have in the team. Um, as a central defender, like Steve says, I think he could play in central defence. I think he could play as a, as a, um, as a, as a defensive midfielder too. I think he has those skills that we probably saw when we had that young Ledley in, in the team who could sort of play in all these variety of different positions. I just hope he's got better knees than Ledley. Um, uh, uh, but I mean, one for the future, most definitely. I think he's the kind of player that needs regular, regular, uh, run in the team. Um, and I'm hoping along with Rodon, and Tanganga, we give them a chance because you know they are the future of 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 this team. I mean, and the, and the, today they really held their own. I have to caveat that by saying Villa were pretty poor up front. I mean, I I think that uh, Tanganga handled Watkins very well and kept him in his place, and his uh, tussles with Trezeguet were pretty good. Um, and probably that's the reason why they were pretty poor up front. 
but I, I'm, um, I think he, I th- uh, but I mean, against a bigger team, against Liverpool, against you know we, who we've got coming up, we've got Everton, we've got Leicester away. Uh, these are the big teams that we've still got to play. That's when the real challenge will come in. Yeah, but I can't see Tanganga being any worse than Aurier or Doherty. So absolutely, I absolutely agreed. Okay, I want to just say a few words about Carlos Vinicius. Uh, it was his first goal, which I'm really happy about. And um, obviously, it's not his game to get the ball, hold out, lay people off. But I like the four-four-two. We've got our option to play four-four-two with Kane and Vinicius, or Kane drops back. And Vinicius plays and we play a 4-3-3. I like that flexibility, actually. I'm hoping he's going to get a run of games and actually, you know, push on and start scoring some goals and actually fire us to a top four place. So my shout-out goes to Carlos Vinicius. I'm really happy he got a goal. And let's see if he can do more. It's his 26th birthday today, so let's see. Let's, let's, I was a really good birthday present for him, so that's great. Very nice. OK, let's do. Let's go to takeaways now. Steve, what's your main takeaway from the, from the, uh, from the match? Well, uh, uh... A slightly left field one, which is I wish that um, Grealish, Grealish had been wearing a pair of Spurs pajamas <laughs> rather than whatever he was wearing. Yeah, that, that ship was sailing, I think. Yeah, and yeah. and Dombele was sat on the on the uh, the Villa bench uh, <laughs> rather than Grealish because I think if, if those two were swapped over, I mean I don't know how many millions we offered for Grealish that um, we could have got him for. We paid sixty two million for Ndombele. It doesn't bear thinking about, really. So, yeah, it's a strange takeaway, but I would like to have seen um, us uh, find Grealish. But let me ask you about that. Do you think Grealish is going to thrive under a Mourinho type of uh, scenario? No, 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 no. He wants to play football. So I think that. Cam, hold on one second. It's Steve's lot. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, no. Grealish wants to play football, doesn't he? He's adventurous. He tries things. Everything that we would like to see in a Spurs player. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, Cam. Apologies for that. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, what's your main takeaway from the match? Just you know, to add that, £62 million for Anomaly, and we refused to sign Grealish for six. So we've got about 10 Grealishes. Six million? One, at one stage. Um, and everybody's in the business. We've got about 10 Grealishes for uh, one Anomaly. <laughs> what's your main takeaway from the match, Cam? My main takeaaway from the match is, and I'm going to go a bit left, uh, two, I want to say two things very quickly. I know we're running out of time. Number one thing I wanted to say is, I'll ask you guys this, you can answer it uh, at the end, and that is, if you were watching a team pushing for top four and you saw that performance, knowing the teams that we've got out there, did that look like a top four performance to you? Not did it look like a team that's going to make it in the top four? Not no? Top. It was bumbling, it was a bit of bad luck, it was a, a mistake from the other side, gave us two chances, we, had very, we, we created very little. But my biggest takeaway from the game is the non-inclusion and the demise of Delhi Ali. And I want to raise that on the basis that I remember at the beginning of the season, the middle of last season, Jesse Lingard, Delhi, similar players, had similar problems, similar sort of went off the boil more or less at the same time. Right, They were both given a, uh, they're both out of the team. Both seem to be, have lost interest in football. Both seem to be out of the England setup. Both had the same sort of problems. One was given a, a rehab at West Ham. One was brought back into the Spurs squad. One went on to become one of the best signings West Ham have made for a very, very long time. Scoring goals freely, moving about, an absolutely different player. And our guy, Damn Squib done absolutely nothing. And I just don't get it. I just do not get that mentality because it is all in the head. Yeah. A Lingard 
and Delhi, to me, are a prime example of what is probably um, wrong with Tottenham. Let me come, let me challenge you on a couple of things. Now, the first thing you said was that Delhi Ali needs to come back in and he's going to do really well. So what's happened? He's flopped. The second thing is, you always said the mark of a good team is to play really badly but still win. So how can you have that one thing and then say Spurs are not doing, you know, you know, tell me about that. Very good question because sometimes to play badly and win, you've got to have some passion and something about you. We play badly and we've won. However, I think that from the this week proves to be one thing in 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 the Premier League, and we, we're learning this now. Nobody has a God-given right to win a game. We went to Zagreb thinking that you know this that we, this is our right. We should win this by right, whether we play or not, or turn up or not. We went to the North London derby with exactly the same mentality. Today, I do not see much difference in the mentality. All I saw is a bit of luck going our way rather than going Villa's way. Okay, my main takeaway from the match is that hopefully Jose Jose apologies has seen now that he's got Tanganga, he's got Rodon, he's got to play these guys. They're the best we have at the moment and stick with it. And when Toby comes back, Toby has to come back into that team because Sanchez is an accident waiting to happen again. As Steve said, he doesn't know when to just hold off the defender, uh, the attacker. He pushes him, gives away stupid free quick, and we could be in trouble. So that's my main takeaway. So before we finish, guys, now I want to discuss a couple of things with you guys that have been really uh, hot in the press here at the moment. So the first thing is about apparently David Ornstein of The Athletic has says that he's spoken to people around Harry Kane and he wants to leave in the summer and he wants to go, you know, apparently he wants to leave and he doesn't want to stay. So what's your thoughts about that, Steve? What do you think? Do you think that's true? And if it is, could you argue with that or with Harry wanting to leave? No, not at all. I, I mean, if I was advising him, <laughs> fat chance, um, <laughs> I'd say, you know, you go now, you've done enough. You, you've hung around, I suppose. Could we could we win the League Cup and get into the top four again so we get some Champions League football? I think that's unlikely. He's got, Is he 28 now, Harry? He'll be 28 in July, yeah. yeah. No, no he, he deserves to, to go to somewhere, I'm afraid, that's bigger than Spurs and to play at the highest possible level on a consistent basis. And that, we would not begrudge him that. I don't think any Spurs would begrudge him that. Um, and we'd we'd look we'd look for his results wherever he went to, and we'd always cheer him on. Yeah. So I can't see him staying. It's not the money now, is it? It's not the money because we can pay him whatever the others are paying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, thanks a lot, uh, Cam. Do you think he's going to go, and should he stay or should he go? He's going to go, but my only hope is he leaves the Premier League. I'd hate to see him come back against us and hammer us every uh, every time he plays against us because that would hurt too much. So I would rather if he went, if he goes to the Barcelona, go to uh, Real Madrid, maybe even go back to PSG, I don't know. But as long as he leaves the Premier League, I think he goes without blessing. Um, there's nothing for him here. I think that's very, very clear that the team needs a complete rebuild from the bottom up, uh, probably from the manager. I also read at the same time you, you mentioned that article is that uh, Mourinho has been told if he doesn't get top four, he's out. So... Um, Let's say he's out because we ain't going to get top four. We got, you know, you look at the teams. I'm going to come to that in a minute, yeah, but, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, goodbye, Harry. Thank you very much for your service. Yeah. I mean, my point of view is yes, he's going to leave, even though he's got two or three years running of his contract. Apparently, they're going to want 100, they're going to want 120 million for him. But I think if he goes to Daniel Levy, he says, I want to leave. Daniel Levy knows all the fans support Harry Kane and he's, he can't win a battle with Harry Kane. He'll let him go. 
And I think we'll probably go Man City. He's like a, a London boy. He doesn't really want to go abroad, so he'll probably stay in the UK. I could mm. see him go to either one of the Manchester clubs, United or City. That's just my view. I may be totally wrong. But I think he'll go to Manchester City or Man United. Wherever Haaland doesn't go, he'll go there. So if Haaland goes to City, he'll go to United, I think. Whatever happens there. Okay, so let's finish it off now, guys. Um, final thing now, I want to see, uh, Cam, are we, can we, will we get top four or not? Absolutely not. Okay. Uh, Steve, will we get top four or not? No. Ray, will we get top four or not? No, we're not going to get top four. <laughs> and just to confirm, um, just to confirm, even with, even if we win the Carabao Cup, that doesn't get us into the Europa League. That gets into the Europa Conference League, whatever that is. It's a new competition. And we've been asked by some fans what that is. So I might get Cam as the football expert to do another slot on the Euro- Europa Conference League or whatever there. The third tier competition, apparently. Good. Yeah. Oh, well, we'd put the reserves in, wouldn't we, for that? No. Even more than the reserves for the Europa League. I think one thing before we go, just one more thing to add. Let's say say congratulations uh, to Arsenal. Us us, uh, losing so badly to Dinamo Zagreb almost gives them a pass right into the final and then they'll probably win it, thanks to us. Yeah. Yeah, and that, well, well, that's what we do. We're Spurs, aren't we? That's what we do. We look yeah, after. Because now they've got Slavia Prague, and then they've got. Um, well, I don't know. Slavia Prague is not going to be a pushover now because they lost in the quarters last year to Chelsea. It's not going to be a pushover. So anyway, we'll see what happens. Anyway, to all our viewers, all our YouTube viewers, thank you for watching Spurs ninety five hundred one podcast. To all our podcast listeners, thank you for listening. Viewers, all our viewers, please like, comment, and subscribe. And it's goodbye from Ray in London, and it's goodbye from Cam in Florida. Thank you. Is it still sunny in Florida? <laughs> Sorry? Is it still sunny in Florida? It's, um, it's cloudy today. Oh, okay. And it's goodbye back from tomorrow, though. Yes, back tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> yes, it's goodbye from Steve. Very close to Tottenham. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, and we'll speak to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Come on, you Spurs. Come, Come on, you Spurs. You've been listening to the Spurs 9501 podcast. Stay in touch, continue the debate, and let us know what you want to discuss by finding us on YouTube. Tune in after the next match day for more insight. Thanks for listening.